Hi, I'm Yusuf Hassan, and you're listening to Africa Aware, a podcast from the Chatham House Africa program. Welcome back to Africa Aware, and welcome to a special episode as part of our newest mini series focusing on democratic resilience in Africa. Today, we reflect on upcoming elections in the Democratic Republic of Congo. As the Democratic Republic of Congo prepares for upcoming elections, the nation stands at a critical juncture in its democratic trajectory. Against a backdrop of historical challenges and persistent political complexities, these forthcoming elections are of paramount importance to the future of the country and its democratic aspirations. As the DRC approaches this electoral moment, the eyes of the world are upon it. The forthcoming elections offer an opportunity to build on past achievements and overcome historical challenges, steering the country towards a more inclusive, prosperous and democratic future. I'm very lucky to be joined on this episode by Martin Fiyulu. During the December 2018 presidential elections, Mr. Fiyulu stood as the joint candidate of Lamuka, a coalition of major opposition political parties. Although his opponent, His Excellency Felix Tshisekedi, was ultimately declared as winner of this presidential election, Mr. Fiyulu's bid for the presidency received significant support from across the country. We hope you enjoy listening. Mr. Fayulu, thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast today. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on. To begin immediately, ahead of the upcoming elections in the Democratic Republic of Congo, currently scheduled to take place in December 2023, could you kindly inform our audience of the current democratic environment and changes you feel need to be made ahead of these elections? The first thing we should do, and everybody uh, should be part of that, is uh, to create an environment where everybody agreed on the rule of the game. The rule of the game means that the electoral rule should be a kind of consensus. And the electoral commission also should have everybody in its... uh, Because if you have only one party ruling the uh, electoral commission, I think will not have impartiality uh, for the election. The environment today is tough because Mr. Chisekedi is preparing himself for fraud. Mr. Chisekedi has put in place the um, Constitutional Court, which should proclaim the final result, but he put his people in that uh, body. And Mr. Chisekedi has uh, put in place electoral commission with only his people. And then also the electoral law is the law that uh, were put in place, uh, which is in favor of Mr. Chisekedi. And today, Mr. Chisekedi has all finance system. And that system is a corrupted system. You have a corruption everywhere, and they are taking the country money to prepare the election, to enrich themselves, This is the environment we are having. And this also, the environment is, he has destabilized the country with his friend, Mr. Kagame. They have destabilized the eastern parts of Congo. He has proclaimed a state of uh, siege and uh, there to avoid election. But we continue to say that we have to stop that. And also, they have organized themselves with the help of Mr. Kagame 
to invade Congo, like Bunagana today is invaded by the, those people called M23. But for me, they are Rwandese from the Rwanda army or some proxy that Mr. Kagame is sending in Congo to destabilize Congo. Thank you so much for that. And in the context of transition and change and something that you've, of course, mentioned constantly, what is your vision to bring deep-rooted change to the DRC's political system in pursuit of citizen-centered democracy? Do political institutions in the DRC need to be made compatible with the socio-cultural you know, realities and history of the country? And what is the role of domestic, regional, and international actors to be able to provide positive change and support change in the DRC? Yeah, the change should start with the election. We should have the election which bring or put in place the people elected by Congolese. We cannot have a system where someone sits in the office and start to fabricate results, where someone put in place people who they, he want to be there. The change should be start with election. If we have the impartial and credible and transparent election, and then we have people, we follow the rules. We follow, we respect the constitution. Everybody respects the Congolese law. I think we will achieve wonders. And then we will be a country which will have the four foundation walls, meaning that we'll have the rule of law We'll have the integrity of our country. We will have uh, the cohesion that the Congolese, all Congolese will speak the same language because if Mobutu left us with one heritage is the unity of Congolese. And the, third, the fourth one will be the how we will manage our country with integrity, the God governance. If we have those four foundations, they, I call them the prerequisite, so we can start with some priority, starting with uh, education, agriculture, electricity, clean water, health, road, and uh, infrastructure. I think we will uh, change, and the whole world, what we are uh, demanding is uh, to respect Congolese people to respect Congolese votes, to respect our constitution. And Congo is a huge country. Congo is needed for this energy transition. But why nobody is taking care of Congo? Everybody today is talking about what is going on in Ukraine. But Congo today is attacked by Rwanda and Uganda. Why nobody is talking about Congo? You talk about Congo just because you said that it's a solution country. What solution you'll have in a country which is not well managed, where anybody can come and do what he wants? Anybody can come and take the money and go away. We really need Congo to be part of the world. And we need Congo to be managed by uh, those guys who have some values and who can really collaborate, who can bring the win-win game in the rule, win-win rule, and so people of Congo can benefit also with Congo mineral resources, with Congo, all Congolese resources, including forest and so on and so forth. 
And there you've mentioned the need for international cooperation with regards to the development of Congo to ensure that, you know, the world can benefit from Congo in that regard, whether it be the Congo Basin or the minerals placed within the country. But the question that I have for you as a follow-up is, what can the international community do in order to support positive democratic change in regards to whether it be the electoral system, whether it be election observation, etc., etc., ahead of the election? Yeah, what, what the um, international community has to do, we are in the electoral process. They have to see that electoral process is a good process. All stakeholders are involved. And um, how can they push for a system that will have the truth of the ballot? Because everything starts with the people of the country. Democracy means that uh, the people of the country go and choose their leaders. Mm. They have to do that. That's what we are uh, asking. We're not asking anything else that they cannot, at the end of the election, and somebody rigged the election and proclaim himself as a winner, and then they say that, okay, we have taken note. They cannot take note of false election. They have to say, okay, you guys, we know that you are not the winner and then we will not receive you in our country. We will not relate with you. We will not discuss with you. And if they send that message today, I think people in Congo will think twice. Mr. Felix Chisekedi will think. If they tell Chisekedi, you are, we know that uh, you are trying to rig the incoming election, but we caution you, if you are not the winner, but you say that you are the winner, we will not receive you anymore. Thank you so much for that answer. And moving on to another topic and one that you've already alluded to slightly in your initial answers. What do you see as the DRC's regional identity and, and how that is evolving? Do you believe the DRC should balance its diplomatic engagement across regions? As you see, you know, the recent ascension to the East African community, relationships with ICAS and SADC. And what are the main obstacles in exercising the DRC's foreign policy, autonomy and agency? DRC is in the Central Africa part. In Africa, we have northern part, we have western part, we have central part, we have eastern part of Africa. I think we have southern part of Africa, but Congo is in central part. Congo is in Africa. We agree to be member of AU, African Union, and we agree to be member of Central Africa community. But we are not part of Eastern Africa as a small group, okay? But if you put everybody, the Eastern African, African community member, they are in AU. We can meet with them there. But we had the SADC. SADC had his own objective, and we continue to be in SADC. But you cannot come today and create and another organization or push Congo to be in Eastern Africa because you know that Rwanda tried to balkanize Congo, to segregate Congo, and they couldn't. And then you send Congo to go in that part so they can really achieve what they couldn't achieve in terms of uh, trade, in terms of uh, the land, in terms of uh, mineral resources or natural resources of Congo. I think that we have to collaborate with everybody. 
with all nine neighboring countries, with all other African countries, and with all of the world, we should collaborate. When we respect each other, we respect integrity of each country, we respect people of each country, but we, nobody can tell us that you have to share your natural resources or to exploit your uh, natural resources with others. No, the others can come in Congo, create the company as anybody, an American and uh, British can come and the South African can come, but the natural resources of Congo belong to Congolese. And the Congolese government has to put the rule how to get into those uh, natural resources. Thank you so much. And another element with regards to regional relations is, of course, security. We've seen a general upturn in security in the DRC with a particular focus on the Eastern Congo. In light of hosting the EAC or the East African Community's high-level consultative meeting on the situation in the DRC, or the Eastern DRC in particular, on the sidelines of COP27, what are your views on how regional security issues can be better harmonised with wider regional development policy? The only thing to do is to tell each country in the region to be a democratic country. Democracy should prevail everywhere, in Congo, in Rwanda, in Burundi, in Uganda, in Tanzania, everywhere. Then we can interrelate easily, openly, and by mutual respect. And then we do trade, we do um, uh, diplomacy, and so on and so forth. That's, that's the only solution. You cannot tell some country to have democracy in their um, country, but not other. You cannot go and sign an accord. You call it a peace accord for security, for the development in the region, in the Congo, in the region. And then you give engagement for Congo, okay? You give the engagement for the international community, and you give the engagement for the region. But where is her engagement for Rwanda? Where are engagement for Burundi, for Uganda, and so on? Everybody has to have democratic system. Everybody has to have the transparent election in his country. Everybody has to respect human rights in his country. And when all these are fulfilled, so we can interrelate. We can, according to our vision of uh, relationship with uh, neighboring countries or with other countries in the world, then we will act according to that vision. But you cannot say that uh, Rwanda has to attack Congo and you just close your eyes. The Uganda should attack Congo, then you close eyes. Then you cannot agree that Rwanda send people from Rwanda to Congo, you call them the FDLR. Then they push them there. They continue to attack them in Congo. You cannot agree. We cannot agree that Uganda sent the EDF to our country and they take the uh, excuse then to come and attack the EDF in our country. And then our country is in the war. And our country is attacked. Nobody is saying anything in Congo. People are now in COP27. They are saying, yes, the situation in Ukraine, Ukraine. Yes, we agree that the situation in Ukraine is not a good situation. Nobody agrees on that. But what about the situation in Congo, where Rwanda and Uganda have attacked Congo? 
who's saying something when why they are not saying that Congo has been attacked and then we have to find a solution. Rwanda has to remove his troop from Congo. Uganda has to remove his troop to Congo. And Burundi has to remove the troop to Congo. Congo has to be free of any those army groups. Thank you so much once again. And actually linked to the security question, but also one that is incredibly close to us at the Africa program, topic of youth. You know, there was a recent call by the Congolese army for general youth mobilization to combat rebel forces in the DRC. What are your thoughts on the main priorities for addressing the wider structural challenges facing youth, particularly in relation to, you know, job creation and pathways for building a sustainable, inclusive economy? So instead of them being used solely for security purposes, as we mentioned prior, how can young people benefit? But the young people can benefit the job or something else if they don't have the uh, chance to have that in front of them. The young people should benefit if they have a good government, if they have the government that creates jobs, that gives them opportunity, that uh, take the money of the country and to run business for the country, to create hospital, to create school, to create job, to create road. They cannot benefit if you have a government that is uh, main objective is corruption, is theft, is to be to enrich themselves. That's why we are saying we have the prerequisite for everything. To do everything, we should start with the good election, with impartial. Our constitution said since June 30. 1960, the Congo is having many crises, mainly due to lack of legitimate institutions and lack of the leaders. We need legitimate institutions, legitimate leaders, and that will come with the impartial and credible election. That's why we're asking the all people in the world, if they have to help Congo, it's in that area. We know how to work. We know how to create jobs. We know how to do many things. We are workers, but we cannot work if our country is unstable. We cannot work when we have 6 million Congolese internally displaced in their country. We cannot work when we have, they have killed 10 million Congolese and they continue to kill them. We cannot work when we know that 27 million Congolese people need humanitarian aid. When 5 million Congolese youth under the age of 5, they cannot have food. We cannot work when we say that Mr. Chisekedi was appointed by Mr. Kabila and today they are trying all this kind of maneuver to stay in power. We cannot work. We cannot work when we have state of siege in Ituri, state of siege in Northern Kivu. We cannot work. We cannot work when we have foreign army, Rwanda, Uganda, Burundi army in Southern Kivu. How can you work? How can you go to good school? We want peace. We want the integrity of our country. 
We want a good governance, and for that, we need a good elections. Thank you so much, Monsieur Fayoulou. The last question I have for you is a question in relation to the 20th anniversary of the Africa program. We are celebrating 20 years. And a question that we're asking every single one of our guests is African agency. And, you know, African agency, people normally say, is, you know, African solutions for African problems. But for us, it's African solution for global problems. Exactly. And my question to you is, what can the world learn from the DRC? What can the world learn from the Congolese people? with regards to changing and challenging the world's problems at current and creating a better, more inclusive future. Yeah, to create a better future for everybody and uh, we should respect each other. And uh, every country should bring what he has. Congo has many things. And um, Congo should bring those things. And uh, every Congolese and everybody in the world should benefit on what he has in his soil and in his country. And um, for a better life of the world, I think we should respect each other. Uh, we should create an environment where everybody bring what he has. Everybody has something to bring. And uh, I think if we create an environment where some people think that they have to exploit others, they have to starve some people. They have to have slaves somewhere. They have to dominate some people. I think it's not the way to go forward. The way to go forward is to say that, okay, we are in one world and God has given us what he gave us and he distributed wealth as he wanted. And everybody has something to bring for the better or for the future of uh, humanity. Thank you so much, Monsieur Fiolo. It's been a pleasure speaking to you about this wide range of topics. And we look forward to welcoming you back to Chatham House in the near future. Thank you. Thank you very much. And that brings us to an end of this episode. We really hope you've enjoyed listening. Please do subscribe to us on the platform you're listening to us on and do leave a review as it will allow others to find this podcast easier. I've been your host Yusuf Hassan. Goodbye.